Hi and welcome to another episode of Sharings with Sharma. I am back from Costa Rica and uh, today I have a new setting set up again. I am in my living room. I just made a big, big, big rearrangement because my second youngest daughter, she arrived, she moved back home from Berlin. She's 21. So I needed to make space for her. So I made a little room in the living room and this means that everything is kind of upside down. So I'm sitting now uh, in my living room at my dining table looking out uh, on a beautiful Stockholm sky, sunset and um, yeah, feels really, really good to be home. I'm so grateful because I I love my home. I love Stockholm. I love arriving back here. Whenever I travel, I think Stockholm is... I'm going to try to squeeze in because I made a little questionnaire today on what you wanted me to talk about. So I'm going to try to squeeze in a little of your question. And one was that, what's so special about Stockholm? And I don't really know what's special except that I feel when whenever I come back, I feel so privileged, you know. I feel very much like um, I'm coming home. I'm touching base. This is my hometown since 20 years. Um, and I really, really... 25, fuck this, almost a lot, <laughs> many years at least. And I really feel that everything is working here. You know, there, there. I have no issues, no questions, no... Everything is simple for me. Everything is available, you know. It's a very, very privileged life, I feel, that I have here. Yes, so that is one thing. Today, I, I'm going to share about codependency. I got questions about how to let go, how to break up from a relationship, how to let go, and if it's not feeling good, how to separate with a friend, how to let go of, of people. And to me, and I'm, once again, I'm not an expert, I'm just uh, looking at my own life and what I have learned. And to me, there is, generally, there is no difference between, you know, if you have difficulties separating from your partner or your spouse, or if you have issues with your children or with your parents or with your friends. It really doesn't matter. It's more or less uh, the same general issue that we struggle with here. And I can only say it has taken me so long to get this, you know. That doesn't mean that it has to take you 20, 30 years to get it. It took me a long, long, long time. And why? Because I think that everyone, all of us who are codependent somehow you know, who are in relationships where we feel there is not a balance, we are kind of victims or controlled, or we are at service, being super helpful, generous, you know, doing, doing, doing for other people and not getting as much back. There is no balance. I think the general issue here is that uh, we we lack love, you know. We want love. We want to be loved. And... Our way to get it is being of service, you know, to other people. And some people can make that their whole lifestyle. Many, many therapists, you know, have this. Many people working with healthcare also. Many people in charity also. There are whole industries that kind of are built of people being of service. And there is a super healthy, generous part of it, you know, when your cup is full you give and there is also a part there is that is super unhealthy and really makes you feel compromised and squeezed so this is what i want to address today and i will try to also few of you asked or assumed that i have some kind of manuscript or some kind of topics you know a list or you know that i follow or 
or I have like an editorial calendar. I have nothing of that. I just sit down <clears throat> wherever I'm at, sit down, feel into the topic and say, okay, I'm going to share about this today. So I would like to start with the, I'm going to start with the partner thing. So I'm going to try to cover partner, family and friends. And what I sense is the difference. And let's say like for me, I began with the partner issue. And that was like five, five years ago. Uh, I was married to an alcoholic. Um, I was super codependent. I really had this feeling that there's only one thing needed in my life, and that is to be with my husband. Anything else, you know, I can work out. You know, anything else I can suffer through, but I can't lose him. And... The paradox in this is that I handled everything. I did more or less everything, you know, financially, when it came to the kids, when it came to practical issues. We moved five times during five years because his income went up and then it went down. And every toss and turn, whenever he felt that this wasn't really good, this wasn't okay, this wasn't right... I stepped up and I'm, okay, we can move, we can fix this, we downsize or we upgrade. And, you know, there there was no limit to what I could do for my husband, for him to be happy. Because if, if he was happy, my life was easier. If he was happy, he loved me more. And it was such a vicious circle of alcohol, um, Big, big, big um, disasters. You know, me rescuing, um, repairing. And then there was like remorse and guilt. And there was like a constant vicious circle. And me with blame and, you know. And our periods of ups and good times, they were often in the aftermaths of a disaster. And I was so codependent in this. So... And I don't know, really, you know, uh, I'm sure many, many of you have experienced that one day you just wake up and it's enough. And you don't know why this day it's enough. It just is. So one day, New Year's, um, five years ago, it was enough for me. It was like the last lie. Uh, I've had it. And he left. I've, I've told about this before. He took a suitcase and left and to never return, you know. And he left everything, apartment, clothes, furniture, everything. And he left everything to me to care for. And there and then, I was like in super, super survival mode. I ended up trying to commit suicide a month later. I survived. And then I picked up a book by Melody Beattie and... Uh, I think it's called codependent no more. I realized I was codependent. I had no clue of what to do, but I remember walking my dog Henry, walking in the streets of Södermalm in Stockholm. I I felt like I was walking day and night. I was walking my dog and I was listening to this book and was listening to it and I stopped and I rewind and I stopped and I rewind and... I heard her say that if you're codependent, you've got to leave that person, you know. You will never be well. You will never recover. You will never regain your sanity if you stay in the codependent relationship. You have to separate. And if you can separate in love and compassion, you do that. If you can't do, then you separate in anger and hate. The important thing is that you separate because you will never, ever get well as long as you are in the relationship. And I just I just realized that, okay, wherever I am now, I'm super, super sad. I, I'm like in my worst, worst, worst position ever. But I did something wrong, uh, right two months ago. I did something right. I said, enough. It's enough for me. 
The consequences of that made things worse for me because I, my feeling was, I was so codependent. I really felt I cannot survive without him. And the paradox is that I was the one handling, carrying, managing everything in our life. But the feeling of, you know, death and I'm not going to survive and life will never, ever be good again. That was so massive. And I really felt like I need help. So I kept listening to this book over and over and over again. All the steps. And alcoholism and codependency, they are very, very related. It's like you take... In one relationship, you can be the codependent one. In one, you are you are the alcoholic. So it can like twist and turn depending. So it's very very sneaky. But they both kind of come from a traumatized childhood, and you know a feeling of not being loved, you know, and that feeling tri- triggers a feeling of death of dying. So every time we find ourselves compromising what we need, what we want, what is good for us, for another person to be happy. When we kind of give our happiness away to another person, that's when we go down. You know, it's, n- it's never going to be good from that position because we're not acting, we're not acting from a full cup, we're acting from a lack And we are acting from a lack of self-love, of love and appreciation, you know, from other people. We are most often lacking for, you know, self-confidence. And, and you know, there's so, the lack is so big. So when we, and the, the, the sad thing is that we attract the people who trigger, you know, that wound in us. You know, who triggered that lack. And it's not that one of us is better than the other. We are both victims, you know. My husband was just as great a victim as I was, you know, for his issues, um, for his insanity. We were insane, both of us, in this relationship. And we went into it with love. You know, we had, I would say, we always had love. But that doesn't make the codependency less. That doesn't make me prostitute myself less for his love, you know. It doesn't make it easier for him to show me love. Because this was, of course, he had problems showing love. He had problems with emotions. He was drinking far too much, you know. He had a big, big problem with responsibility. And um, he had a big um, problem with honesty, And I had all the opposite problems, you know, meeting his, uh, and we just matched. And we had five years, we had beautiful times, and we had times that were a complete disaster, complete disaster. And I would say, he's, he's a good person. He's totally a good person. So if you are codependent with someone, that doesn't mean that that person is a bad person, you know. I don't believe that there are bad persons. I just believe that we come with our different luggage, you know, we're our different experience and traumas, and we try to relate the best we can. And I think we all meet in a basis of love and attraction and so on. And then the difficulties, the problems begin if our cups are not full. You know, we're trying to feed us ourselves on the other, you know. And I can so say that all the men that I have attracted into my life, I've always wanted them to give me something, bring something to the table so my value would increase. They would kind of increase my self-love artificially, you know, by being handsome or by being rich or by being powerful or, you know, charismatic. They would add to my self-love and my self-worth artificially never ever works you know and I think there's so many relationships that are built on this you know and I call it my gold digger mentality it's not in a negative sense 
is really in an aha, wake-up sense, okay, that this is one of my, what shall I say, defects, character defects that I can work with because I can still have it, I can still see a guy, wow, he's super good looking, but he's not so nice. Or, wow, he's really, really rich and, and you know, he, oh, he's very famous. But he's not so nice. He's not especially loving. He's definitely not emotionally available. But I go for him still because I'm so attracted to, you know, the value that I hope that he will bring to my life. So there is also always... I have to take my part of the codependent relationship. I have to look at my shit and see every problem, every issue, every difficult situation we find ourselves in, we created. It's not like an accident. And I'm not talking about rape. I'm not talking about violence. I'm not talking about, you know, war or accidents and stuff I'm talking about relationships when we find that we want to blame the other person for the situation we have to go to ourselves and see okay 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 when I go to myself and I look at my relationship with men and so many men treated me really really bad and what was my part of the deal you know did I really love them or did I want to, to ride the Mercedes or did I think he was super handsome or, you know, did I pick him for some other reason than genuine love? That's, that's one of my things and I've been working with it a lot and I still need to work on it. You know, because this is so, and, and what am I actually doing here? You know, who do I see in these guys? My father. Of course. You know, you, we don't have to be Einstein to understand that. My father, he was a surgeon. He was super, super skilled. He was charismatic. He was good looking for me. And he had like the nicest hands to hold. He was a carpenter. You know, he could build things with his hand. He could be the specific skilled surgeon with his hands. You know, he had really, he had so much power. And was he emotionally available? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Was he a bit harsh and not violent, never violent, but very hard in his tone and his emotional state and, you know, and I really see that I see my dad in these men, you know. I have super hard to be attracted to a soft, loving, caring, sweet guy, which is very, very sad. But now I've come to terms with that, okay, this is who I am. I'm 52 now. It's been a lot of years, you know. I no longer get entangled with them. I no longer get codependent with them because I see myself with them and I see them and I also see their shit, you know. I see their traumas behind it. I see be behind this big, 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 you know, exterior, this beautiful outside, I see what happened. They don't even need to tell me that they were, you know, abused or uh, early adopted or, you know, that they had lost their mom and dad in an accident when they were five. They don't even have to tell me anything because I know if my attraction kind of meter goes on, I know he's one of them. And now I feel more like, okay, I want to use my healing capabilities in relationship to these men. I don't want to get, you know, codependent with them. I don't want to get entangled. I don't want to get stuck and sad and miserable. I just want to see, you know, explore what is this really about? How can we grow together? You know, what in me do you see and how can we grow together? How can we both become better human beings, you know, and not hurt each other? Okay, did I wander off track here so for me codependency with a partner and you feel you know 
when you have you ha- you are in a total squeeze you always give up you know you always put the other one ahead of you his needs or her needs are more important than your needs and you end up feeling like you are not seen you're not getting much and you may be frustrated and angry and there be maybe constant fights or you know there is a lot you know how it is and there are groups you can go to uh, something called CODA uh, there are also Alanon I um, don't really know the difference I think Alanon is just for alcoholics um, like codependence for alcoholics I don't really know but I know there are groups and I know it's really, really good to go there and to know that you're not alone and also get tools how to set boundaries, uh, also understand why you are as you are because this is also a thing. Um, being codependent, being a victim, that's also like, you know, can be super sneaky, can be super, super, uh, you know, shitty, not nice, you know, poor me. The poor me situation, that can be a total killer, you know. And uh, I feel that the only one who can fix it is you. So there are groups, there are also books to read. I think Codependent No More. It can be a hard read, you know, when you recognize yourself for the first time. And you feel that that's me. But I feel the more honest we are with ourselves, you know, the more I say that this is who I am, you know, this is... This is my flaws. This is how I act together with other people and so on. You know, the the sooner I can kind of get out of it, if I don't see the problem, if I don't see that I am part of the problem, how am I going to get out? Are you going to sit there and wait for the other one to get bored of you and eventually leave you? Because that's going to happen. It's either we change you know, and we move, if we are not comfortable, if we feel that we are compromising, we are in a squeeze and we're not healthy, we're not happy, you're going to get sick also. I got sick in this relationship. I got super, super sick. I'm not blaming my ex-husband because I think that began in two or three relationships before him because I had so many of them. But you're going to get sick. And that is going to take a lot of time and energy to recover from. And you're going to be a victim in that too. So the sooner you realize that you are part of the problem, you can change it. Um, This is like step one. Realize you have a problem and realize that it's your creation. Then you can change. And there are many, many things to do with this. Then I want to step further. I want to go to, to family, parents, siblings children this is for me also super super tricky this took for me so much longer okay confession time the last three months maybe not even three months I think three months maybe I have realized that I'm super codependent with my children I feel like I am um, guilty of, you know, um, that I expose them to my suicide attempts, that I kind of need to make amends, that I need to make amends the rest of my life because that's what you do if you're an alcoholic and you really need to prove, prove, prove and give back, give, 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 give. And then now a few months back I realized I have fucking been given my whole life. Really. I've been giving so much, so much. You know, when I look back, when I think about all the uh, things I've done, you know, for my ex-husbands and my children, I, I get so exhausted when I just look back. I'm thinking, I was 21 when I got pregnant. I managed, you know, we divorced early. I had two kids. I met, you know, my fiancé and then he died in a plane crash and I was alone again and I managed and I supported them financially. I never got any child support from none of the fathers and I started companies and I lost my job and, you know, I bought houses and I met a new man, got a new family and that didn't work because it was the same type of guy and... 
you know, I divorced again and another house and another company and I managed and I just did, 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 did. Of course, who the fuck wouldn't have been drinking a glass of wine every now and then? Especially being super traumatized as a child, insecure, you know, and not full of self-hate. I can just see that I get so exhausted when I talk about it. And now after my last suicide attempt, it was really like I came to AA a year after. And since then, in AA, there is like a saying that to your children, at step eight and nine, you kind of make amends to all the people you harmed in your life. And uh, your children... You don't really go to them and say, I'm sorry, what can I do for you? Your children, you make amends the rest of your life. You compensate them, you know, by being sober and by being such a super, super good, generous person, you know. And I feel that in my life, I've never really been a bad person. I've never really been a irresponsible, mean bitch I've always supported my kids. I've always supported them when it comes to emotional issues. You know, I had so many of their friends living at my house. I've supported them, you know, with activities and with problems, issues at school and bullying and, and you know, not wanting to live. And I've been, you know, kind of to the moon and back around my kids. And I really feel like, am I going to, keep kind of being at service for other people the rest of my life or am I going to live my own life now and for me to kind of realize that I never been codependent to my parents my dad died when I was 18 my mom she was not so much in love with me so our contact wasn't that close and um, I, I've always wanted her love, you know, but I know I would never succeed, so I kind of gave it up. And with my siblings, that was also, until like four or five years ago, very tricky. So I didn't really try with them. So when it comes to my other family, I don't think I had kind of problems with separating, not separating, because I was kind of separated from them from the beginning, but with my own children now, I really feel like it's time, you know. My youngest, she's 18 now, graduating. We had an issue now. Now when I redid the, the living room because my second youngest moved home and I said to, to my youngest one, I said, I'm going to, um, we have like, um, my sister is a farmer and um, so we had like a cow skin under the living room table and then my youngest said can I have that mom can I have that in my room if I remove the the other carpet and I said yes sure sure then I bring home the carpet from my summer house because I sold my summer house and she just no you're not bringing home that carpet I hate it and I said do you know what I'm going to bring home that carpet because I have it and I'm not going to buy a new one. So if you want the cow, I'm going to bring that carpet home. And she once again said, no, mom, you're not doing that. Do you know what? That, that carpet is so hard to walk on. It hurts my feet. And I'm like, hey, do you know what? I'm going to bring that carpet home. I'm going to put that under the living room table. And those three steps that you need to take from, you know, the floor to the sofa you're going you're gonna to hurt, okay, because that carpet is coming home. And she just looked at him, why, why? And I said, do you know what? I live here too. But we live here together. Yes, I live here every week and you live here every second week. So I live here more and I'm going to bring that carpet home. <laughs> and this sounds so silly, but this was a big thing. She just looked at me. She left. And then she came back and she said, okay, mom. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, this is so silly, but I'm so codependent with my kids. I want them to have the best. You know, I want them to be so happy. And I want them to be so happy with me. You know, this feeling of being the best mom, 
Oh, being such a good mom, being the mom that the kids prefer, being better than their dads. And then I realized I had lost that race such a long time ago. It's really like I, I can't fuck up. But the dads can fuck up how much they want. It doesn't really matter. They don't care. But I have no, you know, limit. I have no space to, to make mistakes. And it's really like I'm in this grip of family, you know, of wanting to be a good mom, wanting my kids to have the best, wanting them to grow up, to be happy, to succeed, to be okay, you know, just want them to be okay. But that also means I have to let go at one point. I really, really feel this, you know, with the birds. The the little baby birds, they need to, eventually one day they need to fly out of the nest and I feel like I have had a big 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 problem to let my kids fly it's not that I have been this super you know annoying mom calling 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 not wanting them to leave all of them left home when they graduated not none of them stayed but now my youngest she's gonna leave so it will be like it's gonna be me only for the first time in 32 years it's just gonna be me And I really feel that it's about time that I care for me and that I put myself first. And now I'm taking little steps in this, you know, area. And there are several things, you know, that I feel, do I want to do this? Yes or no. Do I want to go on this trip? Yes or no. Do I want to, you know have this, eat this food, yes or no, you know, and before I just did because I did not want the kids to be unhappy with me because I was afraid of one thing and what was that? To lose them. I've been so afraid to lose my kids. Just, you know, the same fear that I had to lose my ex-husband. And this is my childhood traumas, you know, coming back again, the fear of loss. So I feel that when I find myself doing things that puts me in a squeeze where I feel I compromise my own needs and when I came into AA, I did that a lot and I felt like it's okay, it's okay, I don't have to, you know, I can I can step back, I don't need to have that, you can have it, I can step back. I really felt that this to make amends and to to feel guilty um, was part of it. And now I feel this is not healthy. It's not healthy to make amends for the rest of your life because that is confirming that you are guilty. And guilty of what? You know, I am like this. Okay, my childhood was difficult. I turned out in a way that was not perfect and I did my best and... Do I need to feel guilty for the rest of my life? Do I need to feel... Because to feel guilty means that you are in pain and suffering. Is that what God wanted? And I'm like, absolutely not. To feel guilty, no one should feel guilty. And to do things because you feel guilty, that is like such a shitty position. So I just felt like, honestly, there's nothing for me to feel guilty about. I raised four children, they are magnificent, they're beautiful, they're functioning, they're working, you know, all of them can support themselves. And I feel like, is there something in that to feel guilty about? I really feel like, oh, okay, I did my part. God gave me these children, I did the best I can, and now I have to let go, you know. I have to step out of this um, unhealthy way of relating. And I think also we have to kind of separate somehow. We have to kind of bring the carpet home from the summer house. Yeah, like that's a big thing. You have to make something different for people. You have to change for other people to change, you know. And what keeps us from change is fear. For me, it's fear of losing them, you know? And why do we have fear of losing people? Because we are not enough for ourselves. And I feel the fuller my cup is, 
the less codependent I have to be, you know? So this is also what is the hen and the egg here? Where do I start if I have these relationships? Where do I start? I really feel that there is a big, big need to work on the healing of yourself to be able to separate because if you separate and you experience a great loss and you are not enough in yourself, you don't feel that you are enough, then it can be very, very crucial. You know, it can be as it went for me. I didn't want to live anymore. So I do not recommend anyone who has a really low self-esteem, no self-love, you know, don't feel a purpose in life and you depend on your wife or partner or your children to separate and say, I've had enough. I really, really recommend you to go to, for example, CODA or to go see a, a therapist, you know, and work on your healing healing of your traumas, really find out why is the reason, what is the reason behind me being in these relationships, you know, what am I, you know, bringing to the table, who is this little traumatized child, what did she or he, uh, you know, what happened to her or him, you need to work, because I, I don't want anyone to feel worse, I know how it is to be a code, you know, in a codependent relationship, and I know how it is to feel worse than that, you know. So I do not want that to happen for any one of you. So I really, really feel that if this resonates with you, it doesn't matter if it's your partner, or if it's your children or your parents, you know. Um, it can also, for some people, friends and friendship can be just as crucial, you know, relationships. So I really feel, I really recommend you to work on the healing part and to find a group of people who you can share with where you feel you're not alone in this. You know, let's say, if I would say, okay, 50% of the population is like this and 50% isn't, I have no idea. I just know that we are so many. And I think also when we have children... It's impossible to not be codependent because the kids depend on us, you know. And we kind of, you know, we we um, we go before them and we move things for them to grow and to, you know, flourish. And so, of course, that is, we are codependent. In a relationship with another human being, we are always codependent, you know. We are always depending on each other. The thing is that it becomes unhealthy when our cup is not full. Two people who are healed, you know, who are whole, they can be as codependent as they want to without having any issues or problem whatsoever. Because then it's a balance of give and take, give and take, give and take. It's just that when we meet and we are two wounded people relating then we need to you know the more awareness we can bring to the table the more aware we can be when this person does something that hurts us you know the better we can handle that the more resources we have to go with those problems to some place and actually ventilate about it share about it the better so I think it's totally possible to change the situation, but we have to realize that we own the problem, you know? Because when we do, when we own the problem, we can make a change. We've got to see the problem, we've got to own it, take our part, and we can make a change. So, okay, so for me, when it comes to family, I really, it's for me to take small steps, small steps it's like, like still I pay the cell phones for my two youngest they are 18 and 21 I just want to say that M maybe every parent does but I'm a single mom uh, you know and I uh, don't have this big income and my financial situation is not perfect and I still have a difficulty to tell my 
to adult children that actually I can you please pay your own phone bills then I feel like ah my belly just Jesus Christ they're going to be so unhappy about that and they both work you know so I'm taking small steps that I I I, and I have done a lot since Christmas I've done a lot and it's not uh, and my kids of course if I was 21 and my mom paid my phone bill I would be super happy of course of course I would say that that's totally natural it's it's not their problem that's my problem nothing else absolutely my kids they are amazing okay then we come to friends this is also I find that friends is very very natural that friends come and go that we are not on the same level our entire life especially if we are on a growth path if we are healing if we are working on ourselves of course we're going to grow apart and some relationships they used to work where there were you know kind of codependent issues or you know there was like uh, leaders and followers and you know when there was no balance if one person changes the balance you know everything the relationship will be interrupted there will be ha- happening things this is very very common for for example for an addict or an alcoholic when when they sober up that it's impossible to relate to people you know the people that were closest to you you may lose them or you may decide that you can't be with them anymore because they have you have created a relationship where you know for example if you're an alcoholic and you live together with someone who is a codependent for example if you sober up and that person still wants to fix up your mess wants you to be you know this disaster person and kind of a bit their own life on helping you and fixing things then their role is outplayed what are they going to do they have to move too so many times when we grow when we change the relationships that we have they change too and i can feel one thing that has changed for me the last years is that four years ago I stopped drinking alcohol. I came to AA. I was there for two full years, very, very, very uh, committed. And then I began to kind of, you know, test my wings, try, is this, how is this, and so on. And I began to feel that there is something missing here for me. There is something that I lack. I lack freedom. I lack trust in me. I'm becoming codependent on AA I'm depending on the group I'm depending on these people I'm depending on what they say to me that I should do and not do and I realized that okay I need to I need to test my wings I need to try things so I'm stopped going to meetings as frequently as I did before what happens then the friends I have in AA who go every week or maybe some of them every day who feel that their life is not functioning if they don't go to AA and work the steps and do do these things, you know, follow the routines and everything, their life is going to collapse. And then you have me who is all of a sudden like a butterfly kind of flying around doing things and, you know, random things, testing things and really... Uh, you know winging it of course we are can't relate as we did before because before we related from a mutual understanding that AA is the shit and if you're not going if you're not doing working the program you're gonna have a relapse and you're not gonna make it and then if I'm now trying and feeling like okay the more whole I am the more healing the more I'm growing you know the less rules I need 
the less structure I need, the less community I need, you know, the more self-love I build in me, the more, you know, grounded I am, the less dependent I am of other people in general, which means that I'm not as close to a lot of people that I was close to two years ago. And that is a consequence that has a price, of course. For me, it's a price of the community, and I chose it. And it means that some of the people in this, um, it just turned out that we're not as close anymore because I have a different point of view. For me, it's important to feel freedom. For me, it's important to trust in me and to have this relationship with God and, you know, that I have. Um, but I really feel that I am, I love freedom, you know. I love, I love the sense of being okay. That I can say for me to know that I can trust myself. That is that is so big. And before, when I went to AA, I felt like I can trust in AA and I can trust in this program, but my faith in me wasn't as big. So I can actually say that my faith in God is much, much bigger now because now I rely on him or her or it 100%. Before, I had to take the step through AA to get to that kind of so so when it comes to friends one of my absolutely closest friends we are not as close anymore because of this because I really felt like like we are not as similar you know we not we don't share the same values or platform and and I can feel that there are things in the in the general thinking that I feel like I have to compromise to be in that relationship. I have to compromise and it doesn't feel good. So I have withdrawn. It's not like a big, big thing. I'm not going to see you anymore and we have to cut this and so on. No, I just kind of pulled back a little. That doesn't mean that we are not in touch, we're not, you know, speaking and talking, but it means that we don't hang out like we used to be, you know, like we used to. And it's not a big thing. I don't have to set any big boundaries or, you know, tell any truths. I don't have to do anything. I just feel like, okay, right now where I'm at, I don't want to hang out like we used to. And I don't have to declare that either. I don't really depend on what kind of relationship you have to your friends that if you need to declare, you know what this does. I am not so fond of this way to say, you know, this really hurt my feelings and you did that and that and that was not okay for me and so on and so on. I'm much more into this. You know, when people hurt us, it's a mistake. It's an error. An error is being made and it's... 99.9% of the time not intentional someone else is hurting if you're hurting someone you are hurting so I want to at least learn how to immediately forgive that person and say okay I understand that was a mistake that was an error and not hold that person guilty for it and tell them truth and fuck you da 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 I don't believe I try to I try to learn how to live my life in less separation and that means that to be more loving, compassion, to not be so loud, to not be so uh, black and white, and to be more generous and forgiving in the approach, and to realize that people who are hurtful, you know, uh, who are mean or whatever, it's not their intention. It's an error. It's a mistake being made. And if you forgive it immediately, just as it is, like, okay, oh, now a mistake happened okay just let it go it's okay because it's also that if you believe that you can be attacked if you believe that other people can hurt you then you need to defend yourself then you need to fight back and set boundaries you know and so on but if you believe that you are okay your cup is full 
whatever is happening on the other side, my cup is full. I'm okay. You know, then you don't have to fight back. So when it comes to friends, I feel it's very kind of friends come and go. We are like, you know, little animals. We come and go. We enjoy time together. Uh, right now I have a couple of friends that I have so much fun with. They're so sparkly and vibrant and uh, I love them so much. They're really, we share the same vibe right now. I don't know if we're going to share the same vibe next year, but right now we share the same vibe and I just, I want to hang out with them so much. And other people, you don't share the same vibe or it's very hard or you, you know, you lose energy when you spend time with them and you feel drained and so on. You got to change. It's not them who has to change. You got to think your thing over and you got to wonder, why is my cup not full? Because if your cup was full, you would actually say that, you know what, this topic that you are now sharing for the 10th time this week, it actually drains me. It's very, very hard for me to listen to you right now. I love you, but please, can we talk about something else? Because then you're not afraid to lose them. So keep our own cup full. That is like my, my general tip to just realize that if we are in unhealthy relationships, doesn't matter how they are, if they're at work or family or partners or, you know, doesn't, friends, doesn't matter. It means that our cup is not full and we got to work on our healing part. We got to work on our self-love. And there are many, many, many ways. And the first is to realize that we have a problem and we are actually part of it and own it. I think that is so, so important. I did something for me big on Friday. I was, I was to meet one of my, those, one of those vibrant, happy friends that I have on Friday to have like an after work drink. And then we were supposed to go have dinner. But due, uh, due to the coronavirus, her company has so many issues. So she got uh, delayed at work. So she didn't finish work on time. And she was super, super tired. And anyhow, I had another friend here visiting from, uh, from Spain. And I love her so, so, so much. And we were, had also planned to take a drink. So I just said, okay, but I'm going to go down and see her. And if you, if you feel later that you want to come and have dinner with me, just text me, okay. And so I took my bike down. And when I came, came to the bar, I, there was like a vibe and energy that was not mine. It was not my, my vibe. And the people who were there, they were not like I felt like, I felt very uncomfortable. You know, it's not my place. And um, I felt squeezed. Normally, or before my cup was this full, I would have tried, you know, if I would be drinking, I would have taken two kind of fast glasses of wine and things would have been better. But now I just felt like I don't think I want to stay here, you know. And then one of my friends, she asked, we are going to have dinner, uh, do you want to come? Please, please join us, we're going to have dinner, please join us. And I said, okay. And then she said, can't you call and make a reservation? You know, you have, uh, yeah, you're always good with those uh, contacts. And I'm like, okay. So I called the place and I I got a table for within an hour for, for people and I hung up. And I just felt like, I don't want to go to dinner. And then two more friends joined of, I know the, the girl, but not her husband. And he was super nice. And she's also nice. And, and they wanted to join for dinner. And I said, but that's kind of great. Because if I don't go, then you're five. And we can, they can always squeeze in one person, you know, from four to five. That's okay. But from four to six, it's not so easy. And then my friends said, no, but you have to come, you have to come. And I just felt like, I don't want to. I just don't want to. And it took really a lot for me to 
stay with that decision to not join for dinner. And it's, it's a, what do you say, it's an, a non-issue for most people. But for me to follow my heart, my gut, and to risk them thinking, oh, I'm so boring, or we're never going to invite you again, or whatever, 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 or I'm so disappointed, we see you so rarely, and whatever, you know, I just follow my, you know, will, my feeling, what I wanted. And this friend, she's super, super close to me. We've been friends for 22 years. She got disappointed. And that's okay. That's okay. You know, I just felt like her disappointment is worth less than my wish for me you know my well-being is worth more than her disappointment and eventual consequences you know and for me these are people that I would have you know cut off an arm or a foot to hang out with a couple of years ago and now I just felt like no I don't want to this is not my my vibe and uh, and I don't know why it wasn't, if it was a different day or, you know, because normally I love to hang out. But this day I just felt no. And I know that when I, you know, when I listen to myself and I, I do as I feel what's best for me, I grow in self-love. I know I become less codependent to this group of people and it will be easier for me to make that kind of decision with another group or with next next time or so this is also practice i don't think you snap out of it you can cut relationships really really fast but i think if you cut off people like your cup is not full that's not the way you know like I said to, to, to my ex-husband five years ago, enough. Now this is enough. My cup was, there was not even like one centimeter of water in my cup. There was nothing. And I know that if I would separate from him today, I would say, I would say, do you know what? I love you. I think you are an amazing person. I've always loved you. I will for sure always love you. And we can't live like this anymore. We can't. You are suffering. I am suffering. The children are suffering. We can't live like this anymore. We have to separate. How are we going to do it? So, that would be a dream, huh? <laughs> Yes. So I think for those of you who have now today sent me these topics, how to let go of a friend, how to separate from an unhealthy healthy relationship and so on, I would suggest work on your own cup. Fill, your, fill up your own cup and then separate. Don't separate in anger and hate and in, you know, panic. If you are not being beaten or abused, you know, really, really, there is like a danger to you, to your health. And I would say to live in a relationship where you're codependent, it's a big, big danger to your health. You know, I know all of you who live with an alcoholic or a person who is cheating on you or lying to you or, you know, when you don't feel loved. I mean, your cortisol, adrenaline, you know, your hormones, they are totally berserk, bananas. You go from being super happy to super low, to be stressed, to be anxious, to you're just flying between the walls, if you are anything like I was. And this is going to damage you physically and mentally. So, just think of what are your issues? What do you come into this relationship with? How much love are you craving for? How much appreciation? You know, how low is your self-esteem? How low is your self-worth? And why is that so? You know, 
The thing is that we are, there is like, there is a, a, a truth, there is knowledge, there is truth, and that is that we are whole, we are loved, we are perfect, and we have everything that we need. Nothing is lacking in any situation. And then we have the world where we live, you know, in a world of perception and illusion where we feel that we need to be, accomplish, do more, look better. We are not enough. People don't love us. You know, we're not going to make it and we have to struggle and we have to be better and improve and this and that, you know. And on that side, that's where codependency and addiction are. But that is not real. That is something that we made up because of what happened to us. So we just have to return to the other side, to the truth, to the universal knowledge that we are perfect, that we are equal, that, you know, everything is okay, that we are okay and nothing is lacking. You know, I have everything here. And... That is kind of the, what shall I say, when I say the cup is full, it means it's full of, it's full of truth about me. I know who I am. And I know, you know, how to be judged if someone is going to judge me. And that is the thing, you know, there's no point in judging me anymore because I'm already judged, you know. And I'm kind of, I have a green check mark, finally. And uh, I feel to work on that for ourselves so we can say, okay, I'm checked. I'm, I'm good, you know, I'm all good. And whatever you bring to this relationship, you know, is amazing. But I'm not depending on it. And if you decide to take it, take yourself out of the equation, I'm going to be okay with or without you. I'm going to be okay. And not only okay, I'm going to be good. Mm. So I'm thinking more or less when it comes to relationships where we feel that there is no balance and we feel sad or we feel, you know, deprived of something or that we are not getting what we need. then it's really like, it's about us. It tells us so much about us. You can, you can think of it as like a, um, every relationship where you kind of value yourself, superior or inferior or balanced or so on, then we all always know, where are we at? How am I? Um, am I okay or am I not okay to myself? You know, and if I feel I meet someone and feel insecure, you know, and I feel small, then I just feel like, oh, yo, 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 what happened now? Exactly what happened now? Now I stepped into the, the, the world of fear and illusion of not being enough. And is that true? Is this person, his, his appearance in my life, did that change me in any way? How could a person coming through the door change me in any way? That isn't, it's not possible, you know. And to realize that, okay, what I'm feeling now, what I'm sensing now, it's an illusion. It's a perception. It's an old fear kicking in, you know, wanting to take over me. And I'm not going to let it. So for me, I can always do a reality check and say, okay, did something happen now that actually changed me? How can that even be possible? Those harsh words that you said right now, how can they change me? You know, it's your words. They can't change anything, you know, inside of me. Because I am what I am, you know. Not even if you hit me, you're going to change me. You don't have that power. So, is there anything else you want me to say? 
on this topic. Is this even a concrete topic? Yes. As always, I'm not a therapist, you know, I'm just talking from my own experience. I'm learning to fly, you know. I'm the little bird sitting here on a... I kind of crawled out from the nest, but I'm sitting on a branch, you know, and I'm looking down and I'm thinking, okay, maybe I can take a little jump to the next branch. Yeah, I'm going to do that. And then I do it. Okay. And then maybe I take like a, I try to fly to a higher branch. Okay, I'm doing it. So it's a little, for me, it's one step at a time. Don't have to be these major, big, big, big movements, you know, when we grow. And we work a little healing, a little therapy, a little testing our wings, you know, a little boundaries here, a little self-love there, you know. A lot of, you know, care, love, compassion towards us and towards others. And we kind of work it, work it, little steps. And eventually one day, I'm going to fly and you're going to fly. And I think it's, it doesn't have to take that long. I don't think so, you know. For me, it took a very long time. But now I feel like more or less that, okay, I got it. So now it doesn't have to take that long, you know. But we do it one step at a time. And we try to not do it in panic. We try to do it, you know, in a self-loving way. Okay, 66 minutes. That's nice. I'm going to stop on 67 minutes because I'm born 1967. If you want to send me an email, do that, shamaperson at gmail.com. You can send me DMs. Please send me a voice message because I love them so much. Now I'm back home, so I'm also going to be able to answer you because I have Stockholm's best, best, best internet in my apartment. Okay, beautiful ones, I love you. I wish you all, all, all well, love, happiness and peace. Peace.